1: this morning yeah as phil has said just with aspire and it is something that's just happened this year like all their work has been continuing ramping up they've been doing lots of things their monthly donors all that sort of stuff hasn't dwindled but what they would usually be doing is a big part of what they do they would have fundraising events throughout the year but as usual because of covid that really couldn't happen this year so that's just where they're at we just really would love to stand with them where we go as phil said this is our last day Our last morning of Meet the Family, we really do pray that you've been blessed with it. I know the feedback, some people have really been just really enriched by the stories that have been shared and in lots of different ways. But this morning as well, while it is our last morning on this, I would love to introduce just in these introductory moments of where we're going over this coming season and particularly over the coming weeks. And I've got my phone down in front of me here to keep me timed right for this because we want to leave space for, for Steve to come this morning as well. So over the next couple of Sundays, Phil and I will be introducing our new theme, we don't have a graphic for it this morning, but when we uh, speak into the new theme, we'll be teaching on this over the coming months as we lead into Christmas. It's hard to believe we're even mentioning that word, but this is just where we're at. On the 19th of September, we will have Vision Sunday as well. We'll be sharing vision of that. And, And as Phil has said, the reason why we feel that this is key and crucial, even the theme that we're pressing into, because he's just mentioned it's our 25th birthday as we mark the journey of 25 years from the beginning moment. We honor Phil and the journey that he began back in his home 25 years ago. And yet on that night, as he said, we don't want to just simply just celebrate what has been, but we want to celebrate in faith what is yet to come and what God has yet to birth in and through us and as the family grows. And I recognize that even as I look around the room this morning, as I look around the room, I recognize there are many people who were key from the beginning moments. I see me down at the back. From the beginning moments, from the very first days, people who have been key throughout the whole journey of this that has brought us to date. And yet over the years, what has happened, because this is what families do, over the years, other people have joined in and have been part and have grafted in. Even over the last couple of years when we haven't been able to just gather normally, even in normal expressions of gathered church, other people have joined with us even over these last couple of years because this is what all good families do. You see, culture and and society will tell us that the narrative is, is that it's out with the old and in with the new. Families just grow old together and we grow into things together. We grow into the space, the new space that the Lord is leading us all together. And that's what we really want to celebrate and pray into as we lead in these 25 years. And we see it actually in the life of the church, the early church, don't we? In the book of Acts, we see as the early church began to grow, as it was established by the apostles, those who had the first-hand experience and encounter of Jesus, they were instrumental for the establishing and the foundation of the church. But yet, for the continuation of the story, this is what we've just been celebrating and singing this morning. Someday we're going to stand with the heroes of the faith <laughs> For the continuation of the story, and this is the word that Phil just read at the end, and I feel like this is why it's key, even as we come to the end, the meet the family, it's that it's not just about a nice thing just to get to hear stories, but this is our family. This is our story. The story continues with us. One day as we stand with the heroes of the faith, it's about the continuing of the story. As, as we see with the apostles at the beginning, as, the, as there was the establishing of the church, there was a new wave of people that were brought in to help with the continuing of the story as it was being lived out into the fullness of what God was doing. And so this morning, the character we're going to be looking at is Timothy. (laughs) This is what we want to speak into. Just look at uh, two or three things from his life that was really key. We're going to be interviewing Steve Dunford this morning. Um, Steve and his family, again, is another. We really felt we really wanted to do this, and I was speaking to Phil um, since last week. And we just felt it was really important that even as part of the Make the Family, it wasn't just a, a lie. Well, it's been brilliant to hear some of the stories of people who have been around for quite a while, but maybe you just didn't know that well. But there have been many people, as we're saying, even over these last couple of years who have journeyed and joined in. And so this morning, we're delighted that Steve and his family are one of those people. Uh, and so we're delighted just to hear from him this morning. In the life of Timothy, some facts about Timothy before we rattle home three points. Three facts about Timothy. Firstly, Timothy was born in a place called Leicester. Uh, near Derby, we're told uh, in Acts. Um, this is where Timothy actually had his f- uh, first encounter with Paul in this area as well. Uh, and some of the things which was fundamental about Timothy's upbringing, we- we're told this, is that his grandmother was called Lewis and his mother was called Eunice or Eunice, whatever way you pronounce that. Both were believers, so in 2 Timothy and Acts, we read about this. They were fundamental in the shaping of Timothy, which we'll reference later on. And then secondly, what we see in the home life and in the family life of Timothy, it wasn't just about these strong women who were influencing and shaping his life, but he had a Greek father. Now, it doesn't say directly in the Bible that his father wasn't a believer, but the fact that it doesn't say that he was a believer probably means that he wasn't. So in Timothy's background, imagine this. Imagine how God uses what we feel is just normal, (laughs) And uses it to outwork his purposes in our lives. Timothy, who was brought up in a family background and a family upbringing where you have Jew and Gentile together in a family space. Paul, or Timothy, who was fundamental in helping Paul in terms of what it was as the church started to navigate and journey into how we bring this together, Jew and Gentile. And yet Timothy was brought up with this. This was normal. Jew and Gentile together together. In this very way what we see just find a couple of things timothy assisted in six in the writing of six books of the bible some of what we were going to read mainly this morning some of the verses are what paul wrote in his letter to timothy and then finally he just participated in the second missionary journey of the church so while he engaged and probably encountered firsthand encounter about jesus knowledge by jesus in the first, first missionary journey timothy suddenly continues the story of this and gets caught up in the second missionary journey and so as, as we look, and suppose this is why I want to set the tone of this this morning, as we look forward, 25 years has brought us to this point. As we look forward and we're saying that one day we will stand beside the heroes of the faith, their story is caught up in our story, our story is the completion of their story, the fullness of it. The question simply to ask in the beginning of this this morning to us all and to everyone watching online this morning is this, for us as a church family, what do we, what do we want our future to be? What do we sense that the Lord is calling and leading us into in our future? What is the preferred future that we sense is laying, laid before us? Because when we can sense and discern that this is where God is calling us, these are the steps that we need to step into, and these are the things that need to lay ahead of us. And here's the significant part this is all of our responsibility this is why we wanted to do and meet the family it's not just about the people who normally are on the stage this is an all of our watch this is all of our responsibility we are all part of the family of god all of us one day will stand beside the heroes of faith this is an all of our watch and our responsibility not just that we can sustain where we've got to to this point but that we can grow, that we can mature, that we can step into the next things that the Lord has for us. And that's why, and we don't have the graphic at the moment just fully nailed, but that's why the next part of where we lead into the theme that we'll be pressing into in the next season is simply this, advance. Advance, this isn't just about sustaining and being still, but this is about advance, moving forward. There's lots that we could say about the church, but Jesus had a dream and a vision for the church, didn't he? And some of the dream and the vision that Jesus had and he realized about the church, and this is what he called out about the church, was that some of the, I think it's the authorized translations, translations—but said that Jesus believed that for the church, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We read this, this is the NLT version. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. This is the prophetic word that Jesus was declaring over Peter's life. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The authorized version, as I said, talks about the gates of hell not being able to, able to prevail. The gates were almost a defensive posture. When we think about the kingdom of darkness and we think about the devil and his legions, that actually what Jesus was declaring and speaking over the church is that there was something about the kingdom of darkness that would not be able to withstand as the kingdom of God's kingdom and with the church would advance and would move against it. This was the call and the mantle that was placed upon us as the family of God. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes when we think about the devil, it's almost in a fear narrative about how what we, how we protect ourselves. But yet Jesus spoke life over us as the people of God. The gates of hell would not be able to withstand the church as it advances and moves forward. This is what it means for us to be in the front foot. The writer of the book of Hebrews says this, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. There's something about our faith that is advancing and is on the front foot. This is the call upon us. For us, even as a local church expression, 25 years has brought us to this point, but it's time to advance. It's time to move forward into what God has for us. And from the life of Timothy, three points in 10 minutes. Do you believe me? Please believe me, right? Three three points in 10 minutes and then we'll introduce Steve that is really important that we see not just in the life of Timothy, it enabled him to step into this, but also the life of other people who were part of the early church. Firstly, it was this, the significance of fathers and mothers. So as I said, his mother um, Eunice and his grandmother Lois, they both brought Timothy up in the faith. And yet while there was an introduction moment to Jesus as Messiah, these two women were crucial to his development and love for Yahweh as a young boy and a man, right? In the family home. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm recognizing as a dad with two young children, they're hopefully watching this morning, um, but as a dad of two young children, I recognize it more than ever, the necessity for parents to lead and direct their children and how they engage with faith themselves. I actually feel that even over the last 18 months, it almost made us have to do that, when sometimes, yes, there was resources that were available, but yet the responsibility of discipling at home became front and center, didn't it? When we couldn't come to the building all the time, when we couldn't gather in these ways and be around people, there was a responsibility for us as parents to step into and to lead our children in what it was to engage with faith. But yet the last 18 months with that have brought as well, of course, some beautiful, enriching times as families have had more time to spend with one another. It's been beautiful. But yet with that, one of the temptations which has become more and more apparent, and I say this this morning, and I want to name it this morning, In Grace, because I say it as a parent myself, who sits with this, what I almost feel is a, is a temptation, and yet I feel it's a tactic of the enemy, is that one of the things which we can constantly maybe feel in our lives, maybe not even just to do with our families, but maybe even for you in your own life at home, is we see a narrative like this. Time in our own families is more important than time with the family of God. I, I hear, maybe not as directly as this, but this is the subtle narrative that I hear time with our own families is more important than time with the family of God. Let me say what I mean by that. People have loved extra time and extra moments. I've loved it as well. As soon as I finish this, I'm going straight back up to the North Coast to spend extra time with my family. I love the extra time that we've had. These moments have been crucial and they've helped us to realize the importance of family time, which is amazing. And for that, we want to celebrate and say yes to. But one of the things that so easily happens is that the temptation and the subtleness of the enemy that says is that actually to have more of that and to have more of the family time, then we don't need this. We can so easily sidestep this. And I'm not just talking about Sundays, by the way, because we don't want to make it just Sunday-centric thing, but the importance of the community of faith and how we do life together, we can forget this to get more of this. That's what I sometimes feel, and I sense this even within my generation. And so I say this in love this morning, and I say it in grace, and I'm speaking to myself because this is what I sense is probably what we have to face, even as a family at the moment as well. When it comes to this, again, because we want it, this is the important thing for so this is the charge, as I simply said this morning, parents, I speak it to myself. Grandparents, how you speak and lead your families and help, it's time to grow and move forward. And to do that, we need to lead the way, like the writer of the book of Hebrews would say, well, this is not a time to shrink back into old patterns but this is a time to lead the example in our homes yes of what it is to love God but what it is to love one another remember what Jesus said by this all people will know that you're my disciples how you love one another what the enemy would love to do is to separate us from one another in terms of our togetherness and so we need to lead the example about what it is to love being part of this what it is to love being part of life with one another. This is why Solomon would say in Proverbs, start children off the way that they should go. And even when they're they're old, they will not turn from it. It's time to model it out what it is to love this. Because our kids won't simply repeat what we say, but they will do what we do. And so it's important that we lead the example of this. On that, just a slightly different nuance, it's to continue to develop and grow in the things of the Lord, individually and collectively. We don't just need to do it in our homes, but we need to see as a stepping into and a new season of spiritual fathers and mothers stepping up within our church those who are further advanced in the faith and other people we need to recognize and this isn't an age thing this isn't just for the gray heads but this is for people who are further on on the journey of faith and other people this is a stepping into the mantle and the call that is upon us to spiritually father and mother people in the faith this is what discipleship looks like Timothy got this from Paul. Does it listen to what Paul says in the first letter to Timothy? I'm writing to Timothy, my true son, in the faith. And Paul also says this to the church in Corinth. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Spiritual fathers and mothers are those who in love and in grace will speak directly and in truth into our lives. To see you grow and develop in the things of the Lord. Fathers and mothers want to see their children grow, don't they? They care about that. They care about growth. They care about development. Spiritual fathers and mothers will want that. They don't want to see you just tripping over things repeatedly in your life. They want to call out things in love in your life. It seems to be that we've developed this mentality within the church in Northern Ireland where it's almost like we, we feel that we can't speak into people's lives because we don't want to offend We don't want to call things out because we don't want to offend people. But faith can't just simply be a personal thing. Yes, it's about our personal relationship with Jesus, but we were saved to be part of this, the community of faith. And as part of the community of faith and as part of every great family, it needs fathers and mothers to step up. It calls us all to speak into people's lives in love. Spiritual fathers and mothers will speak truth into lives because they care for your spiritual direction. And so the question we need to ask is, who are you inviting to speak into your life in that way? For you to grow and for you to develop and for us to grow and develop as a church, who are you speaking into? But more importantly, who are you making yourself available to in that way? I think that this is the difficulty, with the first question. I see that where I, we ask this question and I, I sense this myself. I'm asking who who am I inviting to speak into my life? And sometimes I'm racking my head to think who would those people be? And we need to have... What, This almost desire amongst us, this is who we are as a community of faith, that we are willing and desiring to speak into one another's lives, to help one another and to shape one another and to bring life and call life. This is what good fathers and mothers do. And so in Timothy's life, we see the significance of fathers and mothers, and yet we see um, the significance, the last two points really quickly, the significance in Timothy's life of the scriptures. Paul says this to him in 1 Timothy 4. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and then in the life to come. It seemed to be, as you read 1 Timothy, Paul seems to talk about this, this idea of careless words, these words that are being spoken. Sometimes we can be led and uh, driven by words that other people will say and speak in their lives. Paul tells Timothy to guard against us. And to be able to do that, Timothy, what he had to do was he had to hold front and center that first and foremost above all was the Word of God. But yet this was really important, is that it wasn't just for Timothy about a reading the Bible, just for the sake of reading the Bible, because this was what Paul spoke to Timothy. We all know this well-known narrative. Second Timothy chapter 3, the NLT says this, all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Again, this is getting away from the narrative that we are not prepared to uh, to be to allow people to correct us. We are open to allow God to speak in our lives. This is how we need to hold the Bible that it's not just about getting through. And yes, listen, get on to the devotions tomorrow. Let's stay devoted and disciplined in these ways. But it's not just about for the sake of reading so that we can say we've got through the plan along with everyone else. But it's about allowing it and positioning it to ask, God, would you speak to me? Would you teach me? Would you correct me? I'm positioning my life before you because I want to grow further into the things of you. This is how we need to lead with the front foot faith that we need to step into these things. It's a God, I love you and I need you to speak as my father to me. As we engage with the scriptures, it's what we see with the life of Timothy, but we see this finally is that there was the significance of the prophetic leading as well. Prophecy can be speaking the the word of God from scripture to people. But you know what, there needs to be within all of us a desire for the now word of God through the Holy Spirit spoken into our lives. The prophetic can sometimes be something which is directive around the future. We see, this is what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May, you, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Sometimes when there's different things which come against us, when we know That yes, there's difficulties, but God has said this, we can fight and we can contend and we can step into things because we know what God has spoken. And the prophetic word in the now moment is important for us in our lives. Sometimes how we make decisions, it's important for us individually that we would position ourselves. I've sensed that in my own life. Laura and I have realized this, that actually over the last year, just even about how we've been led in our own family life, it was important that it wasn't just made on a decision of what is the current market and what is the current word and narrative that's being spoken in culture and community, but it was, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And even when it didn't make sense because he had said it, we stood on it. This is how we need to lead forward. Paul says this again to the church in Galatia. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Not what the news says, (laughs) Not what other people say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, the Holy Spirit speaks. You see, without the now word of God, we're just left with what has been spoken before and what other people have said. And what it becomes is just simply a religion. And the final thing is, as Steve comes to the stage, the final thing is just simply this is on your screens. Religion says, this is how things have been and should always be. Staying in step with the Spirit says that in faith, this is how things could be and leads us into new possibilities. Religion says that this is how things have been and just should be because of the way it's always been. And listen, again, this is not an out with the old and an in with the new. Of course, we build on what has gone before, but the Holy Spirit speaks that these are some of the new things that he potentially wants to lead us into and could be and leads us into new possibilities. And that's the exciting part for us as we lead forward into the next wave of where the Lord wants to bring us. We get to learn this from one another. Is your microphone on, Steve? I think so. Yeah, let me see. Is your light on? on? Yeah, no, no, you got it on. It's brilliant. I shouldn't have have doubted you. (laughs) No, you're you're quite right too. (laughs) we, we, We get to learn this from one another and this is why life and faith and community is crucial. This is Steve Dunford. Um, who uh, I'm delighted to be here uh, this morning. Steve, why don't you, by way of introduction, just tell us a little about yourself and your family, where you're from and your background, would you?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Yes, so I'm Stephen. Um, Emmanuel's come a long way from the plastic chairs. This is very comfortable. I'm (laughs) far more comfortable here than I was. Yeah, so I I am married to Christine, uh, Christine Dunford, and we have three lovely children, Hannah, Bethany, and Zachary. Uh, so I grew up in the southeast of England in a place called High Wycombe, which is between Oxford and London. And, um, and when I was in my early twenties, there uh, in church, there was this lovely lady with beautiful blonde hair who showed up and captured my heart. And uh, and we were married shortly after. And shortly after that, we um, we just we really sensed the call of God on our lives uh, for that there was more for us that He was calling us to advance. And so. And particularly in the area of theological training uh, to teach to teach the Bible, so we we moved to uh, South Wales to Bridgend in South Wales, and I went to a Bible college there, got involved in a church there, and we've been there for the last uh, well we were there for nearly 15 years together, um, ministering in the church there, and and I, I went to college there and did a degree in, in, in theology as well, and uh, and then uh, about this time last year maybe uh, maybe a few, a few months earlier. Um, We we just clearly sense the call of God on our lives, uh, not just to move to Northern Ireland, so Christine's from here, she's from Lurgan, but not just to move to Northern Ireland, but to move here and to be part of this family, to be part of the Emmanuel family. And uh, I mean, God just made that so clear to us that that was the next step for us. So we did, so we we moved here in December and and we've been, well, the first three, four months we just sat and stripped wallpaper and watched the online services. But Mm. since Easter, we've been getting to be part of this family and it's fantastic. Amazing.
1: And yeah, we'll, we'll unpack a bit, a bit more about the leading that you felt uh, in your journey in a little while. And obviously, Steve, so your background um, f- in terms of your your family home, what was that like in terms of the influence of your parents in your life?
0: Yeah, so I, I was I was incredibly blessed to have uh, two Christian parents who, who loved one another and loved Jesus. And, and uh, that's a blessing that those of us who've had that blessing can never fail to take for granted, right? Um, but what a blessing it is. Not everybody had that experience, but I did. And so, yeah, my parents, I mean, I, I, I sort of made mental notes on what I was going to say, and you've said most of it already. But I mean, my, par- <laughs> my parents were just, they were just fantastic examples, um, not just the way that they were in the home, but in church as well. Because if my parents taught me one thing, it's that you show up, you show up to church. Uh, my dad was, uh, is an incredible handyman, can fix almost anything. He's an electrical engineer by trade. Uh, and he was that guy that just, you know, stuff broke in church and, and he was there to fix it. No one ever saw it. No one ever, you know, it was the stuff behind the scenes. He wasn't up on the stage all the time. He was, he was in the background just making sure stuff ran. And people didn't see it. But I saw it and I saw that how dedicated they were to church. I saw how dedicated they were to each other, their marriage. They showed me what what marriage looks like and what sticking with each other through difficult times looks like, and so, yeah, I was I was just so blessed to have have the, have the parents. You know, they, they were really Amazing. Taught me the way I should go.
1: And so that was in a in a natural setting within the, the family home. But obviously, one of the points we're referencing was in terms of fathers and mothers. There's the spiritual fathers and mothers in our lives. So. T- talk a little bit about that. What yeah, have been the sure. influence of spiritual fathers? So and I-, I, couldn't,
0: I, mean, I couldn't list all, the, all of the spiritual fathers and mothers I've had. and I'm not accepting an Oscar, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, and you would not the names wouldn't mean anything to you anyway. But uh, there have been so many, so many people uh, older or just older in the faith than me that have spoken into my life. And I, I just, uh, I, it is part of the plan of God for us that we learn from each other. And so sometimes that's been a, a, a more formal kind of relationship, you know, so... When I was in the church in in Bridgend, uh, there was the pastor of the church there, a guy called David, really took me under his wing. I did actually an internship with him for a while. And he was, if there was a Paul to my Timothy, then he'd be the Paul to my Timothy. Um, We had a depth of relationship. And it takes a depth of relationship for some of these things where... He wouldn't just encourage me when I did things well, but pick me up when I went wrong, and that's where that's where it gets really hard, right? I mean, it's it's easy to give people encouragement. It's really difficult to sit someone down and say, "Listen, this is how you can just do this better," yeah. um, and that does take a depth of relationship. But it but not just those kind of more formal relationships, but just just so many people, older and wiser, who who maybe maybe wouldn't have even said a word, but the way they lived their lives, mm. the way that they showed me what it was to be you know, to, to to end well, to, to grow well, to, to love, you know, people who, by the way they worship and the way they deal with conflict, all those things, just show you what it means, that, you know, like, Jesus is real, and that to love Jesus changes your life, and you see that rather than hearing that from them, those are the people that are so precious in our lives. Amazing. So, second point, we we were referencing
1: very briefly this morning was obviously there was all of these key influences m- in timothy's life but w- one of them was front and s- uh, center the scriptures which he was he journeyed in from a young boy talk talk to us because obviously this was the word of paul you know to him it wasn't just a read it for the sake of reading it to get it in here but it was getting it in here you know could shape our lives talk about what Scriptures are like to you
0: what's, what are some of your rhythms with scripture that maybe we could glean from yeah sure. So so the first thing I was going to say was uh, don't just read the bible. <laughs> uh, get it in here, but you already said that. So <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so in terms of rhythms, I mean I will say it's second service. <laughs> <No, it's fine, laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think it's fine? That's <laughs> good though, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah, that's is. how you, yeah, it's so, life It is. So um yes, yeah, so in terms of rhythms uh, I I try and read the bible every day and work and what that looks like is, it varies, I think. So I would have been in a place before this year where I was just trying to really focus in on one passage and really draw out what God was saying through that. But now we're doing the Bible in the Year as a church. It's been nice, actually, to just change that up a little bit and, and read longer passages of Scripture and, and work through the Old Testament again and look at the big narrative and the big story. And that's been fantastic. And uh, I would tend to do, um, I would tend to sort of pray, start the day with prayer and finish with the Word. That's what works for me. But I, I, I was going to say, I don't I don't think, those rhythms, I think, we, we work around what works for us. I think yeah. the real key is, as you said, we, we have to get into a sense of like this is more than just reading. It's more than just getting knowledge into our heads. That actually, if I've learned one thing about reading the Bible, it's that we've got to let it hit our hearts. We've got to become expectant. We've got to come prayerfully to the yeah. Word. We've got to come saying, like, what I am reading is truth. You know, so often we read it and, and we're just distanced from it, like the way we're used to being distanced from a storybook or from a textbook or something like that. But but this is truth. Everything that's written in that book is true. And so when we read that, you know, like we did this morning from 2 Corinthians 8, that, that Christ was rich and he became poor so that we can become rich. That actually happened and we actually have riches in Christ and Christ actually gave everything up for us. If we can get the, read it with faith and get the truth of it into our hearts then reading the word becomes a transformative experience. It's not just about getting information into our heads, but it, it changes our lives. And and that that I think is like that's the key of, of reading the Bible is is we read it with faith. We read it believing what I'm reading is true and it's for me now and it, it impacts our lives.
1: Yeah, you're right. And and obviously with that it brings such a joy in the word as well. You know, it's not a it's not just oh you
0: feel you've got to do it out of almost routine, you know, yeah, absolutely. the joy that comes. Yeah, with that. Like, like Phil, like Phil said, it becomes a delight, delight yeah. because to meet God in his, in his word like that, you just, there, there are moments and I, there are days when, you know, you, I read a Bible passage and I'm like, that was great. Uh, and, but there are the moments and I seek these moments, I cover these moments that where you just sense God impressing something on your heart from what you're reading, uh, and it becomes real and in such a way that you think I have to change my life. I'm not, I'm not living in, in, in the rea- reality of this truth that I'm reading. You know, last night, for those of us who are following the plan, we were reading Psalm, Psalm 91. And, you know, the, that, that um, those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High find rest under the shadow of his wings. And I, I'm so rubbish at resting. I'm so rubbish at just trusting I'm always thinking about, you know, oh, are we going to be all right? Are things going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? And and just to recognize, I don't need to do that. This is truth. I don't need to. I I can just rest in Him. He's got me. It's fine. So
1: good.
0: So like so yeah. I mean that's uh, and I, I find you the other really helpful thing is. I mean I'm I don't know about you, but uh, my wife would probably say that my mem- short term memory isn't the very best <laughs> in the world. Um and and so I I try and make a rhythm and I'm not that great, but I try and make a rhythm of. Trying to remember the following day what God spoke to me the previous day because mm. it's so easy, isn't so it? We're like the guy that built his house on the sand who, yep. you know, he, he, read, he read the word and he didn't live the word. And so trying to bring that back into my life again so to, to bring that back into my heart. Yeah. So, so
1: good. good. And yeah, so it's, it, it's a joy in the journey having God speaking, which we're saying the word is key in that. And yet the final thing we looked at in the life of Timothy, the, the significance of the prophetic voice speaking into his life and the voice of the Spirit how have you found that in your own journey as a family the
0: significance of
1: that and what it means practically for you
0: yeah sure so uh, i grew up in a church where perhaps uh, it, it wasn't moving in the way that it could have done in, in the things of the spirit I it, it, things have changed a lot there now praise the lord it's fantastic but um but so this was kind of in something that i didn't wasn't brought up with and then when i came to, went to university um, in southampton the first time around I, I i encountered you know the, the 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 gifts of the spirit and and a sort of a spiritual dimension for the first time, and and that, that was just it just transformed everything, and uh, and it just fell into place. Like, well, why God, God is God. Why doesn't He speak now? Of course He speaks now, mm-hmm. and so yes, we test everything against Scripture yeah. and everything else. But but to to know the now Word of God has been has been instrumental, I think, in our in our family, and we've known that in the, in a general sense, just in the way that God speaks. Um, I think one of the most, I think probably the most powerful word God uh, ever spoke to me was simply, I love you, I'm proud of you. And, and that was a, a, a prophetic word that was given to a whole room full of people um, at a moment in my life where I was really struggling with sin and really struggling with shame. And I'd been in a, a relationship that had fallen apart and things hadn't gone well. And, and, um, and in that moment, just to hear, I love you, mm. I'm proud of you. Was tra- it just transformed everything. It was all I needed to hear. Um, but there have been moments as well where, where, as you said, you know, there's been more of a directive sense in, in yeah. prophecy, and and we've always tried to respond to those things as a family. And um, I, I know, you know, pro- prophecy isn't perfect because prophets aren't perfect. The mm-hmm. one who gives the word is perfect, but the channel isn't. So we always have to weigh these things, and it's always been part of, you know, part of a wider sense of the calling of God. Um, but I mean so when when we moved here last year, uh, it was when we came we we come on holiday, used to come on holiday to Lurgan every year, uh, to see the family. Holiday to Lurgan. (laughs) Holiday to Lurgan, what about that?
1: (laughs) People are shaking their head, Mark in the front row. I say say holiday to
0: Lurgan. We stayed in Newcastle and just kind of came up to Lurgan because (laughs) (laughs) for obvious reasons, right? But um, we came on holiday to Northern Ireland every year and uh, before we came last year, we been we were already seeking and, and speaking to spiritual mothers and fathers about what the next step was. We kind of had a sense that our time in Wales was coming to a close, but we didn't really have a sense of where we were going. And um, and we were packing to go on holiday, and I got a phone call from uh, an older guy in our church who had spoken into our, our family prophetically before. And he said, Stephen – and he, he hesitated a wee bit, and he said, I, I just – I just want to tell you that god's going to do something amazing for you on on this holiday and it was on that holiday through i, I won't bore you with the whole story because there's another service 11 30 but it was on that holiday that we really really found a sense of call here mm-hmm. and and that happened through just a remarkable series of events really that, that god just helped us and, and answered our prayers and so so I came, I came back, um, and I spoke. I started speaking to people, and you know, we made the decision we were coming and we were leaving. And, and I phoned uh, Bob, this this guy Bob, to um, to tell him the news. And he picks up the phone and he says, "Stephen, you don't need to say anything to me. I know you're moving to Lurgan. The Lord told me before you left that it was on this holiday that He would call you to move to Northern Ireland. Uh, and I didn't want to tell you because I I wanted the Lord to show you. I didn't want to do the Lord's job for him." And uh, my jaw hit the floor. And for us, then that, that, that was just like a seal, um, yeah. you know, and I think that's how, you know, I've had prophecies before. Uh, I was given a prophecy as a student about a goldfish and how I was going to be like a goldfish. And <laughs> I'm still waiting for the goldfish moments in my life. <laughs> so uh, you, you, you just have to weigh these things. But yeah, really it do. can be such an amazing moment when we, you know, when, when that falls into place. Yeah, amazing. Is, isn't that
1: brilliant just being able to just to glean from each other's journeys? And that's, for me, has been the blessing of the whole series of this over the summer. Listen, we are hearing the, the feedback from it. I know Phil and I have got so much of it over the summer months, you know, just people just really experiencing so much in this. So this, this isn't gonna be a thing that after the summer's relegated and forgotten forever. You know, we feel and just recognize we wanna continue to do this in essence, you know, now and again when we will. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wanna thank you, Steve, for just sharing. Why don't you, Steve a round of applause stay with yeah. us for a wee second? And so listen, this is us finished. Before we go, I would, could you all stand with me this morning just as we, as we finish? And I'm gonna ask Steve just to pray for us um, this morning um, that for us in our journey forward as, as a family, as a church family together, that in essence what we're learning this morning, just the significance of fathers and mothers, the significance of the word and the, the voice of the spirit in our lives at the moment that as we lead from this point, this would
0: carry us and move us forward into the next wave. So Steve, pray that over us, would you? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, just thank you so much for this church family. Thank you, Lord, that uh, although Christine and I are new to this this place, Lord, we've already felt such a welcome. We've already started to to find spiritual mothers and fathers who are sowing into our lives thank you father for just the grace that has been poured out on this place over the last 25 years and Lord, while it's great to remember the faithfulness of god in history we don't want to stand still where we are lord we want the next step we want the next things we want to be led forward in you we want to know more of who you are. We want to fall more in love with Jesus. And we want more people in the city of Avon to find you yes. and know you and, and, and realize the depths of love that you have for them. And so, Father, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit over this church right now. We pray that you would lead us on, that you would guide us through the word, through prophecy, that you would guide us, Father, with the yes. next steps. And most of all, Lord, that you help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Yes. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, on the goal to see your kingdom come here, to live for you, to love you, to be a family for you, to show up and do life together because it honours the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be that and all that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.